Faith considers that God is the answer. And it's willing to put itself in any situation and boldly declare what you actually expect to happen. Well, brother, what if it doesn't happen? That's the whole idea. All of that thinking leaves when you're in faith. And the number one thing that will help you in your faith walk is to kill your care meter. Kill it. Take a sledgehammer to it and literally kill it until you don't care. No, it's interesting. We saw, and I'm not getting on anybody. I'm making observations. All, all these young people were up here worshiping God. But all us funny duddies are sitting in our seats. We went to the Jesus Revolution, watched that movie. And immediately the first thing I thought of was, look at these young folks. Yes, they rebelled against what was going on. And in their rebellion, they went towards anything they could find to give them some sense of satisfaction. And it was drugs and alcohol and sex. But how many of them found that to be what? Meaningless. And then turned to Jesus. And then the ones that turned to Jesus kept that same sense of they could care less what anybody thinks. So they didn't dress to appeal anybody's dress code. And they didn't try to act a certain way to get invited in. They just stayed real radical. And I'm not trying to say that we should look our best for the Lord. But that's all regional anyhow. Because how we all dress here in Colorado is very different from some of the places you'll go down south. Hmm? But in that movie, I just saw some of that. Look at how free they were. They had no care, and God moved mightily. We're going to have to count the cost. What do we really care about more? Amen? I mean, it's true. I've always thought of it this way concerning my wife, Erin. So many times, you know, I'm, I'm a person of thought. Like, I can be lost in thought. You can be looking at me, and I'm not there. I know. That happens. Part of that is blonde hair. <laughs> I can tell off on myself. But I don't like that when she's talking to me and I literally have no idea that she's talking to me. Because then, you know, she'll just look at me and say, are you not even listening to me? And then I think, no, I'm not. And so I've decided I want to correct that. And my correction may be weird, but I've decided that I'm always going to, whenever she's in the room, give her one ear. What do you mean by that? That just means I may be watching something or I may be, may be studying something, but if she's in the room, I am keen to her voice. Now, I may not catch everything because I may be busy, but if she's talking, I'm going to say, honey, are you talking to me? And there's times she'll say, no, no, I'm not. I'm just I'm talking to myself. But most of the time she said, yes. And I said, could you repeat that again? At least she knows I'm paying attention, which is far better than acting like she's not even there. Are you with me? Now, a track record goes a long way with this illustration. You say, what do you mean? Well, if for 20 or 30 years she never has ever said anything to me when we're with each other, then when she's around me, even though I give her one ear, that ear is not necessarily expecting any, any sounds. 
So take that over into a relationship with God. He never leaves you and never forsakes you. He's with you always, even under the age. So if he's with me at all times, shouldn't you at least have one ear for him? And then you have to ask the track record. Does he talk or does he usually not talk? Well, if you ask most religious people, he doesn't hardly say anything. But if you go to actually his life, you'll find that even God, uh, John in his gospel in the last chapter said, if all the things that Jesus did could actually be put into books, we don't have enough of them right now on the earth to contain all that he did. Which says he's actually doing a lot all the time. Which would mean if you're giving him an ear, you're probably hearing him and having dialogue with him and interacting with him all day long. Now, once you begin to know that, then you have a greater expectation for the Lord speaking with you and sharing things with you. And if you go too long without actually knowing that he's there, what does that say? That you've just ignored him or you've gotten busy with something else. Because remember my illustration about the pain and all oh, that hurt and all that kind of thing. That's just to help wake us up to the idea that the greatest amount of things that we buy into are not real. They're not truth. They're not God's reality. They're the world's reality. And the world's reality will always be trumped by God's reality. I remember laying my hands on a gorder. A lady was on the floor, and a gorder is kind of like, young folks, if you've ever seen a bullfrog, when they and they, and they, they blow their, 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 their neck out and from the chin on down to the chest, it's just this big bubble. Well, that's what it was like. This lady went from the chin on, on down to the chest, and it was just this big bubble. I put my hand on that, and as though there was some unseen one there that popped it like a pin, and all of a sudden, it wasn't there. Like it was there and now it's not there. You have entered in too. Right? So then in that case you'd ask yourself what's the real reality? Because a moment ago you would have said a gorder. But right now with Jesus entering into the equation you would say that gorder meant nothing. And for you to give value to it would be to take away value from Jesus. Hmm. Now can you see how quickly we can either go far with God or how quickly we can go far away from Him? Every step toward Jesus is one step toward Him, but it's two steps away from where you could be. Because wherever you start in an equal place, you can go one step here or you can go one step here. This step is toward the world and your flesh. This step is toward your spirit and God. When you go towards God, you've not only turned your back on the world, but you're two steps away. It multiplies very fast. If I go 10 steps toward the Lord, I'm 20 steps away from where I could be with the world and the flesh. But the same thing's true if you're always taking steps toward the world and the flesh. Every single day you make thousands of choices, the greatest majority of them you have no consciousness of because they're a part of your routines, your habits, and your patterns. Are those choices connecting your spirit to God for greater tangibility? Or are those choices connecting your flesh to more of the world for greater tangibility? Like I don't think anyone in this room would have a problem saying we are really good at the flesh. I mean, in a moment's notice, we can turn a little tiny, a little tiny, you know, molehill into a mountain. You see it all the time. They even got programs now so you can watch other people flesh out and be full of drama. 
They call it reality shows. And that's one show you ought to absolutely remove from your life and existence. Why? Why would you want to learn how to even do more drama than you already do? Wow, that's a new idea. I've not tried to kind of embellish that before. Boy, I can't wait for my next argument. You've got to watch out. I'm really going to let you have it. No, no, stay away from that. You're already good at the flesh. You don't need new ideas of how to be better at the flesh. Now, turn that around into the spirit. Now do you understand why testimonies are so important? Because in your world, you only have a ceiling as high as your imagination. And grace can only do so much in you according to an open heart and an open mind. But somebody else says, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't order that turtle ice cream sundae because, you know, my kids ordered so much. But man, I really wish, wish I could have had one. And I got around to pay. And this girl comes out with a turtle ice cream sundae and says, here's your sundae. And I said, well, I, I didn't order it. And she said, well, well, we must have made a mistake, but it's yours anyhow. And all of a sudden you think, man, God can do ice cream stuff. <laughs> and the next thing you know... You'll be standing in line and somebody says, they gave me the wrong ice cream. Would you like it? I did not lick it. It's just perfect. Would you like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I was going to order. And then you'll all of a sudden realize, God, like you did that for me. I know it's like small in a sense, but you did that for me and I want to help you with this. Nothing is small. If the little foxes Song of Solomon 2.15, spoil the vine, then it's the little tiny repairs that fix it. In other words, you connecting to God so that he could give you an ice cream is the exact same connection that will make a cancer die. I was golfing and with this pastor... And it was 40 degrees and it should have been freezing. And the sun was out and it was in North Carolina. Dew was all over the ground and no one was around. Well, of course, no one wanted to be out at 40 degrees. But anyhow, no one was around. And we're out there golfing and we got to a hole where there were some ducks on a pond and there were beautiful fall leaves everywhere. And I said, Michael, come over here. Stand where I'm standing. Do a 360. Look at this. We looked at it. It's like, is that not beautiful? And he's like, yeah, that's beautiful. I said, you know what? There's no difference in what you just connected to than someone getting out of a wheelchair, than an eye opening up, than an ear popping open, than a cancer dying. It's the same heart-to-heart connection to God. Is everybody okay with that? Well, you're acting like I could actually do this. Everybody can. We do it all the time. We actually have the skill of connecting. We've just been looking in the wrong direction. Whew. You guys okay with the story? Because we're going to minister to people that have some type of sickness or disease in just a few moments. And I'm watching my clock, and I know right now normally we would get out, but give me a few more minutes. Anybody over here give me five minutes? 
5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. I knew the young people would help me. So I'm in this golf tournament with Aaron's brother. And he invited me, a member guest tournament. We didn't do so hot. We did okay. And then next year he invited me again. And we didn't do so hot. And then he stopped inviting me. But anyhow, in the first year, I met some different people. And there's a guy by the name of Alan. He was a really handsome guy, more of a dark complexion, dark hair. And, he, and I call him the type of guy that runs for mayor. Say, so what do you mean? Well, it's like, hey, man, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's happening? Hey, he's running for mayor, you know? Like he's in everybody's business. And the second year when I saw him, he looked skinny. His hair was salt and pepper. His face looked ashy. And you could tell he'd been through it. So I looked at my brother-in-law. I didn't want to, you know, embarrass him. And I said, hey, you don't mind if I talk to Alan, do you? He goes, no, no, talk to him. I said, obviously something's happened. He goes, yeah, I think he's been sick. So I went over to him. I said, hey, hey, Alan, do you remember me? He goes, yeah, you're uh, Kevin's brother-in-law. I said, that's right, Jim. He said, yeah, that's right, Jim. I said, Alan, you okay, okay if I ask you a question? He goes, sure, it's okay. I said, um, you look a lot different. Are you feeling okay? He goes, well. He said, I've got fourth stage prostate cancer. And he said, I've been through all the radiation treatments. In fact, this week they're going to turn me loose because they've not, not been able to help me. He said, I've actually almost used a, a fortune to go around the world to alternative methods and nothing's helped me. I said, so are you trying to tell me that at this juncture you're in a hopeless state? He said, well, there's nothing anybody can do. He said, I've lost all hope. I said, well, Alan, I can help you. He goes, what are you going to do? I said, you remember what I am? He said, yeah, you're like some minister or something. See, I knew he was thinking I was going like, to do one of these and bury him. <laughs> I said, that's right, I am. And I said, I'm going to help you. And he said, well, what are you going to do? And I looked him back in the face and said, I'm going to kill your cancer. That's what I'm going to do. And he looked back like this. He said, well, how are you going to do that? And I walked away. I said, you'll find out tomorrow. Walked away. I said, why would you walk away? Because I am presenting myself to him to help him. Now it's time for him to come after me. This doesn't work because you just put it on somebody. They've got to be open enough to have it. So the next morning, we're getting ready and all lining up in our carts for, you know, this, this whole tournament. And I see Alan on the top of the cart standing way up like this, and he's looking around. So quickly, I went down real low, and I, and I, said, I, said, I said, hurry up, Kevin, drive off. Don't let Alan see me. He said, why do you want him to see you? He's got to want it. I said, he's got to want it. So now we get done with that, that morning, and it's lunchtime, and they've got a lunch for us on the patio. The patio is concrete, and the chairs are aluminum. See, some of you know what, what, I'm, what I'm saying. In other words, aluminum pulled on concrete makes a lot of noise. So there's Alan sitting at a whole table that's round with about eight of his friends. 
Well, I walked right up and said, hey, Alan. Real loud. And I said, I think there's some room for me. And I pushed his chair like this. And I looked at the other guy, kind of big-eyed, and I pushed his chair like that. Then I went over and grabbed a chair, and I drug it slowly <laughs> until everybody's like, who is this creep? <laughs> S- pulled it up, sat down, and said, it's time for me to tell you how I'm going to kill your cancer. And he's doing one of these numbers. Oh, Jesus. Because <laughs> all of his friends are there. And I didn't really care. I didn't live there anyhow. Come on. <laughs> so I started telling about Jesus. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. I love talking about Jesus. Talked about what it was like for him to be on the cross and take that cat of nine tails 39 times. Lit open his back with bones showing and pieces of flesh hanging off so that you could live free of your cancer and it would die He took your infirmity. He bore your sickness. And with his stripes, you are healed. And I said, we're going to kill your cancer with the presence of Jesus that's still alive today. And I'm talking just like this in front of all his friends. And he finally looked at me and he said, when are we going to do it? And I said, tomorrow. After the tournament, I'm coming to your house. He goes, you're going to come to my house? Get ready. I got up, pushed the chair back. It made a big noise. Grabbed yo dude over here. Pulled him back. I said, now you can have your lunch. Pulled Alan back and drugged the chair back. Slow. Stuck it under and then walked away. I'm making a horse's rear end of myself on purpose. For what? For his healing. So we played the next morning. And then we went home. And we got nicely prepared with suits and sport coats. Because we had a banquet to go to. And I went over to Alan's house. Knocked on the door. He answered and said, come on in. I said, wow, we need to get down to business, Alan. He said, yeah, where, where do you want to do this? I said, get your wife. I said, we're going to do it right here at this kitchen table. I said, so go ahead and have a seat. And I sat down there and I said, now, we're going to tell you a story. I said, here I am at this church. And I said, I'm just, I'm just going to this church. And it's a Wednesday night. And all of a sudden, I get a call about 5 o'clock that says there's a young girl here, 16 years of age, in the final stages of lymphoma with no hope. And she and her parents are here. Would you come and minister to her? And I said, sure, I'll come and minister. Didn't want to, but I said, sure. So I got ready early and went there. And when I walked in the room, something just irritated me because there was a whole bunch of ministers And some of them were past healing school preachers. And I'm thinking, why in the world do you need me? Get them to do it. Why are they sitting around all waiting on me? And I always have more miracles the edgier I am. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
I know that makes you feel bad about me. But, but it's true. If, if I'm, like, irritated, I'll, I'll drag you around the room, and then we'll have a miracle. Where if I'm not, I'm nice. I'll just sit you down in a chair. So I said to this little guy that brought me in the room, get me some oil. He was so nervous the way I said it to him. You ever see somebody, their phone goes off, and they're trying to get it, and the more they try to get it, it's like it goes up. They're trying. You know what I mean? It's like the more they try, the worse it is. They can't turn. Just turn the button off. But they can't find it. I said, you got something in there? And he finally pulls out this little vial. I said, what in the blazes is that? He said, it's from Israel. It's got all kinds of spices. And I said, oh, my gosh. I said, go into the kitchen and get me a pitcher. He said, a pitcher? Get me a pitcher right now. He runs off. I didn't think he'd do it. And within seconds, he comes back with this pitcher of, of oil all the way to the top. He said, will this do? I said, it's perfect. And I grabbed that pitcher, walked right over to that girl. I said, you see this? I'm going to pour this all over you because this oil represents the Holy Spirit and you're going to have so much Holy Spirit on you, it's going to kill that lymphoma and drive it out of your body. She had a mask on. She goes, well, I guess I don't need this. I said, no, you don't. And I said, don't worry about your hair and don't worry about your clothes because you're going to die anyhow. I said, are you ready? Oil all over this girl, dripping everywhere. Sopped all over her clothes, all over her hair, just matted down. And all I did is said, in the name of Jesus. Three days later, she got checked. All lymphoma, gone. I looked at Alan's wife and I said, go get the oil. She jumped up. And you could hear cupboard after cupboard, boom, 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 boom. Finally, she came out with a little thing of oil. She said, this is all we have. I said, well, it looks fine. She said, but we're Italian. It's garlic oil. I said, are you kidding? I said, I can't do that to Alan. He's going to stink through our whole ceremony. I said, all right, leave the oil. We'll go a different way. I said, I was down in Ocala, Florida, and I'm praying for people. And I came upon a lady in a wheelchair, an older, sweet, dear lady. And I looked at her and I said, Mama, you get ready to get out of that chair. In the name of Jesus, put my hand on her and said, walk. And she said, I can't. I said, but I said, you can and she leaned a little forward. She said, I said, I can't. I said, I said, you can. She leaned on her, her, her uh, wheelchair. She said, but I said, I can't. I thought, well, you are messing up my healing line. <laughs> and it's you or me, and I'm not going down. So I looked at her, and I said, well, where's God in all this, Mama? And she looked at me. She said, that's a good question, Sonny. I don't know. I said, well, there's our problem. You've never been born again. I said, give me those sweet hands. And she gave them to me. I said, say this little prayer and mean it from your heart, and Jesus will jump in that chair with you. And the moment I said that prayer, I knew he jumped in. 
So I stood back and I said, now, get out of that chair. She jumped and she began to twirl all over the auditorium. I looked at Alan. I said, are you ready to kill cancer? He said, yes, I am. I said, give me your hands. And I looked at his wife. I said, give me your hands. I said, say this prayer and mean it. Jesus is going to jump inside your body and he's going to kill the cancer. Cancer won't live next to Jesus. The moment he said, Jesus, come into my heart, he instantly grabbed his heart. He said, I felt something. I felt something. And tears began to stream down his face. He said, he's in there. I said, well, you know what's not in there? Your cancer. I said, go back right now and get that checked. Four days later, he went back to Salt Lake City, came back. They said they can't find a trace of anything in his body. Completely healed. Completely free. Now, folks, this went a little different than I was planning here tonight, but we still have one more night to teach you and show you that we actually do expound upon the Word of God. Amen? But everything we're sharing is the Bible. It's just a different way of sharing it instead of going verse by verse, but I usually like going verse by verse. So we'll give you a bunch of that tomorrow. But if you've got a disease in your body, before we lay hands on that group of young folk over there, if you've got a disease in your body, you come up right now with the idea that when we touch you, Jesus, who lives in you, is going to kill that disease. I don't care what it is. Last week, we're in San Diego. Thank you for coming, sir. Let's go a little further up there. Last week, we're in San Diego. A guy came up. He said, my wife's in a coma because of meningitis in the hospital. We grabbed his hands and prayed. And the moment we prayed... He got a phone call in a couple minutes after that said, your wife just came out of, the, out of the coma. A man, 85 years of age, with ears that were plugged. We prayed for him instantly. Those ears opened up. He ran around telling everybody all about what just took place. But there was this woman that we ministered to specifically. God called us out to minister to her while we were just laying hands on folks. <coughs> Excuse me. And we prayed for her more specifically. And I knew God touched her. After the service, one of the guys came to me in the back room and said, hey, there's a lady here that needs to talk with you. Do you mind? And it was her and her husband. And when she came in, I said, we specifically spent extra time with you. And I said, I told you that presence went into your body. And you knew that that presence did go into your body. She said, yes, I know, but the, the doctors say I have MS. Look at what she just did to Jesus. She just went like this, speak to the hand. And I said, but I'm telling you, Jesus is the healer of every bit of multiple sclerosis. And she goes, well, well, I know, but I mean, and I said, time out, lady, look me in the eye. Don't you dare do that to me again. I said, you just turned the conversation right into all of your fleshly garbage that Jesus is trying to heal you from. And because you just did that, you just stopped the flow of God's power. I said, now you either want a healing or get out of this room. And if you want a healing, it'll happen right now. Do you know how many people, I looked at her, that I've seen healed of multiple sclerosis, sclerosis, I don't always say that perfectly, MS. 
So why am I bringing that up? Not to be a bully and be real harsh about anything, but just to let you know, the moment we touch you and lay hands on you, Jesus himself is killing your disease. Now don't turn around the moment after we lay hands on you and undo the whole thing by getting flesh conscious again. Remember the balance scale? God made you to be connected from your spirit to God, not from your flesh to an ungodly world with sickness and disease. So pull the plug on your flesh, yield your heart to the spirit of God, and watch him do what he does best. Folks, listen. If you heard my story about my friend BJ and that cat being raised up from the dead, did any of you hear that story? If God can raise a cat up from the dead, he can certainly touch you. How many of you will believe with us as we lay hands on these folks? I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. There's not an ounce in me that's hope so, that's looking for something to happen to let me know that it happens. There's a knowing that it's already done. Aaron, if you'd come with me. We're not going to spend a lot of time with you. We're going to put our hands on you. Wow, glory to God. Young man, man, you are young to me. Anyhow, praise the Lord. Uh, all I can say is um, you aren't leaving here the same way. I can already tell. I love it when I can already tell. I don't have to try to convince somebody. You're already on the other side of your miracle. So all it takes is a little bit of this anointing. In the name, that's it right there. Disease will no longer live in your body. You are a disease-free zone. Praise the Lord. Right there, right there, right there. Let's get these two ladies right here. Praise the Lord right here. That's right. Here, take some of this right here. Disease won't live in your body. From this moment, Jesus cancels that disease and gives you a new report. And you can believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Take some of this right here. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we free you from this disease. We command that the anointing go in and kill every disease, cell, germ, bacteria, and set you free. In the wonderful name. Now take some of this, dear mama. Amen. That's it right there. Be free. Praise the Lord. Not only in other areas, but especially in this. Be free from disease. Live long in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of Jesus, let not your heart be afraid. The Lord God has come to you to set you free, dear one. Don't be afraid. Enjoy. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands, brother, with me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's a little better right there. What do you mean? Well, I didn't want the anointing to get stuck. And for a second there, I just needed to lift your hands so you could get involved just a little bit more. Say it with me. I believe Jesus is my healer. There's nothing he can't do. And since I'm a believer, my belief is all he needs to kill every disease and drive it out of my body. That's exactly what just happened. Hallelujah. Brother, there's not a cancer cell that can take that right there, that can live in your body. The Holy Ghost is a cancer-killing machine. In Jesus' name, enjoy the next few days of your life. Takes, that's it right there. Be healed of that.
be healed of that right there. That's it right there, brother. Take this right here to yourself. And that's it right there. Amen. And be healed. Be free. Praise the Lord. No disease. Amen. Doesn't matter what it is. <coughs> In the name. Mm, that's it right there. That's good. Be free, young man, in Jesus' name. Be, that's it. Of course that's it. Be free, young man, in Jesus' name. Take this healing. In Jesus' precious, that's it. Take this healing. Praise the Lord. Be free today in the wonderful name of Jesus. Be free. In his pre that's it, brother. Amen. Amen. No concern. No worry. Enjoy. Praise the Lord. Be free. Free. That's it right there. Be free in Jesus' Wow, that's it right there. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Just a few more. Just a few more. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. You can be seated for a moment. Take some of this right here in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just a few more moments here. Jesus heals you. That's right. That's right. That's right. Take that right there in the wonderful name. Amen. Sickness can't leave in your body. Sickness can't live in your body. Sickness can't live in your... That's it. Sickness can't live in your body. I said it can't live in your body. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Come on, it's been a different service tonight. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, everybody. Amen. Can we just lift our hands and worship the Lord just before we lay hands on these young folks? Thank you, Lord Jesus, for touching these young folks. Thank you, Lord, that their lives matter so much to these pastors, these parents, to this church. And we just yield ourselves to the Holy Ghost to see the fire of God touch their lives and bring such altering change in them. There'll be all kinds of ministers that'll come out of these young folks. Praise the Lord that'll preach the gospel. Amen. Talents and giftings will be stirred up inside of them when we lay hands on them. Amen, amen, glory. There'll be such a freedom in them that will even bless this church. I'm telling you, I can see it. Their freedom will even become catchy. It'll become a catalyst for so many that are in this room to be just as free and to let the Spirit of God move and manifest. Young folks, are you ready? You come on up here. God's going to touch you. Now, a bunch of you stay right there and let this first couple of rows come in. That's right, Travis. Hold them right there. And we'll get a whole line here. And when we're done ministering to these, the rest of you can follow right in. We're going to start over here on our right and your left. And that way, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't he wonderful? Isn't Jesus wonderful? Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. All right, all you guys, listen up real close. You know, when we minister like this, this is something you use your faith for. 
Now, if you're standing up here and you'd rather be sitting down, and that's very possible. Some would say the kind of, kind of the crowd's going that way. I better do it, but I really don't want to. Well, if, if your heart doesn't really want something from the Lord like that, well, then he's not going to force you. Okay, so don't be afraid. We're not going to push anybody. We might tackle a couple of these guys, but I mean, other than that. But if you really are serious about the Lord, what does that mean? Does that mean I'll never have fun again? I'm going to be locked in a cave like a monk and I'm just going to be... No. It just means that you're going to learn how to let God be so real. You take Him with you everywhere you go. And He starts to do amazing things in your life and you become closer to Him until He's like your best friend. <coughs> Amen? So if you really want this, then let your heart be open. Don't think anything when I'm laying hands on you. Don't pray in other tongues when I'm laying hands on you. Be a sponge. Would a sponge get full of water if it were left out in a rainstorm? Yes. Because of what? The nature of being a sponge. It's got all kinds of holes in it, and it'll hold that water. Well, so do you. Although you are made to hold the glory. Okay? So we're going to lay hands on you. What if I don't feel anything? It's not really about a feeling, although many of you will feel. It's more about a knowing that the moment that guy laid hands on me, he and his wife, something happened, and I believe it happened. And if that's what you'll do, then God will touch you. Everybody, why don't you stretch your hands out to these that are here, <coughs> and we'll go ahead and lay hands on them and minister to them. Well, you're the first one. Hello, kitty. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't you lift your hands and let God touch your life right now. In the name of Jesus, the sweetness of your heart is also how you receive the Holy Ghost. He's so sweet and he's kind. And you'll know him that way from this day forward. Jesus, wonderful. Take that impartation. That's right, young man. Take, wow, glory. Take that right there. Filled. In the name of the Lord, be filled with Jesus. That's it, right there. Take some of this, right here, young man. In Jesus' name. In Jesus. That's it, right there. In Jesus' name. Woo, glory. In Jesus' wonderful name. In the name, be filled. In the name, be filled. Jesus, touch that. Jesus, touch her. Jesus, touch her. Woo, Jesus, touch her. Touch her. Jesus, in the name. In the name. That's it, honey. In the name. Woo, in the name of Woo, 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 Amen. Amen. Jesus' name. In the name, be filled. Filled in the... That's it right there. Filled in the name. Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Filled. Something good. Something good. Something good. Hallelujah. Young man, that was awesome. Praise the Lord. I haven't shaked like that in a long time. That was awesome. Woo, glory. Hey, hey, come back over here. Can't get away. Go ahead, put some more on her. <laughs> Spend a little more time right there. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, we're going to start over here again. You guys just fill in all the way over. Hey, we get to minister to you first.
Are you ready? Yeah. Amen. You think God's going to touch you? I know he will. Isn't that pretty awesome? Yeah. What's it going to be like? Well, we don't even have to worry about that. We just believe together the Lord has something in store for your life. And it's always awesome. Is that okay? Yeah. Put your hands up with us. In Jesus. That's it right there. Huh? Amen. In the name. In the name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Je Jesus' name. Amen. Fire on this young man. Thank you, Lord. In the name. Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get her back up. You can't just have one dose. Give her another. In the name. Of, that's it right there. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Jesus' name. That's it. In the name. Ooh, get her back up, too. Ah, put hands on her. Ah, Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name. Woo, glory. Yes, in the name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Take this. Amen. Right there. Filled with this. That's it. Right there. Filled with. That's it. Filled with it. Woo. Filled with this. That's it. Filled. Woo. Filled. Get her back. Go right there again. Lay hands on her again. Jesus' name be filled. Hey, you want some too? Yay! 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 Come on, everybody, stretch your hands out to these claws. Hey, hey, you! Just write this, this little girl. Put your hands on these claws with me. You got so much in you. Put your hands on that. Now release it. What do you mean release it? Listen, look at me. See it in your mind's eye like a river coming right out of your belly, going right into that cloth. Can you see a river? There's rivers all over the place. Don't they move? See it going into that cloth right now. Close your eyes. See it going in. In the name of Jesus, we release these people from their infirmity by sending this anointing right into this cloth in the wonderful name. Fire. Wife, put her hands on you. Can't you go ahead here? In the wonderful name. That's it right there. Just let Jesus be real in your own way. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You'll feel him tonight as you lay on your bed. Jesus will visit you. It'll change your life. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 That's <laughs> uh, uh, okay. That's all right. You can laugh. Amen. Uh, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it takes more of that. Jesus. Man, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Just jump all the way in. It's okay. You don't have to drive home. Somebody will take you home. They know where you live. Amen. <laughs> Ooh, Aaron, put your hands on her belly. Yeah, that's right. Out of your belly flows rivers of living water. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. That's so good. So good. So good. Praise the Lord. We got a couple more? Yeah? Amen. Where were you hiding? Oh, back there? That's okay. That's all right. You let the Lord touch you right now? Wonderful Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, whatever it is, we release this little baby for her healing and her health. 
and her recovery so fast. Take some of this. That's what's going into her. There it is. There it is. Going right into mom. That'll help you to believe that what's going into you is what went into her. And you'll see her get well real fast, okay? Amen. Would you lift your hands one more time and give the Lord praise? Amen. Hallelujah. Be seated for just a moment. Whoo, glory to God. We got one more night. Got one more night. Amen. Glory to God. We're preparing to receive an offering. We've received so much. Um, really, we've received uh, observation of, we've received teaching, the anointing. Amen. And so we just want to be a blessing. So if you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. You're good.